Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have a Millennial Music Chat with the Tin Man. want to blow up your life and chase that dream that you've always felt that you were born to do? Well, that's the path that this week's musical guest, the Tin Man, has been chasing all his life. Growing up, the Tin Man, or his real name, Marshall Cease, always dreamed of becoming a singer, but the practicality of life drew him to law school and then later his own law practice. Still, 
he always had that burning feeling that he was not made for the cutthroat business of law. So the Tin Man was born out of the need to satisfy that creative yearning that always plagued him. Plus, the music business is much safer bet, right? Listen to our chat with singer-songwriter The Tin Man as he chatted about his new single, Can You Feel My Love? How he'd love to write music just like Tom Petty, and how it's okay to blow up your life from time to time, as long as you're chasing your dreams. Thanks for coming on the show all the way from Atlanta. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Awesome. So when I first heard about you, I was really drawn to your stage name but, uh, of Tin Man, uh, of the mm-hmm. Tin Man. But once I watched your, your introduction video and your website, I was really intrigued. Tell us about your evolution from, from you know, performing in musicals as a kid to going to law school and becoming a lawyer to where the direction that the Tin Man is going and recording music now. Yeah. You know, it's... Um I kind of tell people I'm living life backwards in a way. <laughs> um, I grew up, you know, in a relatively musical household. My my mother has a phenomenal voice and was a trained opera singer, so she got me playing piano at a very young age and singing in church musicals and school musicals and then that sort of thing. So music's always been a a part of my life, but um, you know, despite kind of their own kind of creativities. Neither one of my parents pursued a, you know, like a necessarily a creative lifestyle as employment. And I think it's natural for any parent to want their children to be secure Uh and, you know, and have the the best opportunity for that kind of financial stability. right? Right. So, so they were very pleased when I um, kind of got through college and decided that I wanted to go to law school. And even though I played a little bit of music through college, it was it was always just kind of a passion and a hobby. And and my close circle of friends, you know, wasn't a group that was looking to pursue the creative arts professionally either. So it just it just wasn't something I was particularly exposed to as a a viable way of life, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, people want people more go for a job or even a career as opposed to something to really chase a dream. Hmm. I mean, despite like you know, when you graduate college, there's you know, assuming that um, you're not in an insane amount of debt, can be a great time to go do that. Right. But um, instead, I decided to go get into a lot of debt. <laughs> um, so- but for what? It, Oh, go on. No, no. So, where is the evolution of, of actually, you know, that you know what music is is not only your passion, but it's what you're meant to be doing. Yeah. So, when I was in law school, I started to play more gigs. I started to write more music, and and it started to hit me in a way that it never really had before. And I did my first kind of crude little EP recording while I was in law school, and I thought, hey, you know, this is this is something I really love, and 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 might want to do this professionally. So that 
desire grew throughout law school. And then when I graduated, I went to the University of Michigan for law school and um, got cold, came back to Atlanta afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Started my practice and I was doing kind of intellectual property law, uh, mostly in the technology field, but there were a lot of applications to entertainment and music too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the financial freedom of the of the salary let me kind of invest in music in a way that you know a lot of uh, other people couldn't so i was able to you know fund recording some of my songs and um you know buying gear that i needed mm-hmm. but in in that world i mean i was spending uh, you know crazy hours working as an attorney and i would try to play music at night mm-hmm. And somehow I think I had the skewed vision that, oh, I'm just going to be whisked away to stardom. Someone's going to magically <laughs> see me play and think right. I'm the greatest thing ever and right. I'll be signed to a record label and yeah, <laughs> and life doesn't work that right. way. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. 
That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. So it was a couple years um, into the practice of law that I decided I did not like the big law firm life. It wasn't cut out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have any support for pursuing you know, creative hobbies mm-hmm. uh, at the firm. And so I decided to kind of leave and start my own firm, which mm-hmm. was my first kind of entrepreneurial endeavor. Mm-hmm. So a couple of clients stuck with me, um, ended up joining forces with a couple of partners, beginning on some more clients. And it, it allowed me to spend you know, less time actually practicing law and a little more time on music. Sure. So, you know, it went from, you know, kind of 90% law, 10% music to more like 75% law, 25% music. <laughs> right. um, and, you know, still with the same kind of delusion of grandeur. And, and then there came a point to where I'd kind of built up this this life that I think every you know parent wants for their child. I, I had this incredible job. I was general counsel. Now I, I sold out of my law firm and gone in house with a client of mine. So at a, at a young age, I was general counsel of this um, large global consulting company, and I was engaged. I had a beautiful house in Atlanta, a darling cat, and you know from the exterior, everything the American mm. dream, right? Right, right. <laughs> but um, but I was miserable. And it had nothing to do with any of the pieces of my life. They were all, uh, my fiance was an incredible person. The cat was amazing. The house was great. The job was, you know, you couldn't ask for a better legal job. But it just wasn't what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And that became very, very evident. So, um, so I ended up kind of, you know, and ending all of those things in, in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when I um, kind of broke off the engagement, rented out the house, and you know, started talking to my boss about, about leaving uh, my job, I had an idea for a music-based video game company. Mm-hmm. And, and I, was tr- I was torn because when I, I was like, I, I was making the, the big leap to, to do something non-legal for mm-hmm. the first time in my life. Sure. And it was either to pursue my music mm-hmm. or to pursue this company idea. 
And when I sat back and thought about it, you know, one of the beauties of music is that it's timeless. Uh-huh. But a crazy harebrained scheme for a music-based video game company that would inspire people to create music via, you know, Facebook, mobile, and web games seemed like it had a shelf life. <laughs> right, right, right. And we had picked up some traction. I'd had a, I'd gotten a team kind of sold into the idea, starting to kind of build the product. Um, investors were starting to take it seriously. And I knew, you know, from my experience as, a, as an attorney that you, you have to kind of dive in all the way in whatever it is that you want to try to be successful in. Sure. So I decided once again to kind of put music on hold right. and focus on the corporate life. Now, five years of raising angel capital, venture capital, releasing five products, you know, making, working for years to partner with all the major record labels and major music publishers and, and run a team of 13 people, you know, building this product was an insane life experience. You know, if you watch that HBO show, Silicon Valley, like that was my life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, and there was a point to where I tried to, uh, do music again and and go on. And I went on a tour through the Midwest and I ended up having to cancel the second half of it and fly right back because there was just, there was just no way it was, um, it, it commanded my entire life, but it was the first time that I was excited about the thing that I was doing, uh-huh. and and what it taught me was any business to be successful or to build it, a takes a way more time than you think it's going to take, right? And I mean, just learning simple kind of entrepreneurial lessons like it's really all about the people. It's about uh-huh. building the right team. It's uh-huh. about focusing on the product, figuring out what your demographic and your market is, testing, revising, testing, Ooh. revising again, right? And, and what it takes to build a business. So five years into that, we, um, we essentially kind of sold half the company to another gaming company. Um, and, but then that gaming company uh, took a very different focus about six months after that where, you know, the rest of kind of what we were doing, um, was essentially kind of taken away from us Mm, and, and we were left in a position without operating capital and in a half finished product. So that was traumatic for me. And, um, I lost a relationship that I was in at the time at the, at the same time and basically had a nervous breakdown (laughs) and decided that I was going to go to Spain, hike the community of Santiago and try to figure out what I was supposed to do. I didn't get any answers, but when I came back, I got, I, what I did get was a, a blueprint for how to live life Mm. in a more meaningful way. And it it literally has revolutionized my approach to life. Uh And then, you know, coming back from that, Looking at my music again, at this point in time, I was writing pretty heartbreaking stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I was like, man, I feel like I had my heart ripped out from me, and I'm just Mm -hmm. on a quest for a new heart. Mm -hmm. And then it was that aha moment. Oh, my gosh. I'm the Tin Man. And I just resonated with that that plight. And I've always loved literary illusions. I named my company Mowgli because of the illusion to the Kipling book. Right, right. So why so, so why, why why did you develop uh, the Tin Man though that that sort of persona? Um, I had been doing music in the past under my name or some iteration mm-hmm. of Marshall C's. Mm-hmm. 
Um, one silly thing, anytime somebody asked me, oh, what band are you in? <laughs> I really hated answering with my name. Uh, sure. <laughs> and, but more than that, I wanted, I wanted a name that could be just me or it could be a band and a group of people. Uh-huh. And also something that when you heard it, brought to mind a picture that aligned with the music, mm-hmm. you know, that when you hear the music, you understand the name mm-hmm. and that, you know, it gets you on that path. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't going to call myself, uh, you know, the metallic darkness right. that just wouldn't work right. for, <laughs> for my style of music. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that was kind of how that came to be. That's awesome. So what? So when uh, when you were listening or making mixtapes as a kid, who were you listening to that kind of influenced how you wanted to become? Mm. Uh, you know, what, what the kind of singer songwriter you wanted to become? Yeah, you know, it's that's a great question because I think for the majority of my career prior, or all of my career prior to the Tin Man, I was actively trying to be something very specific, mm-hmm. and and it wasn't until. I really kind of took on the Tin Man moniker that I let all of that go. And I said, I'm not creating music for, you know, any specific reason aside of from just getting what is inside of me out. And, and now that I've done that, it's, it's, it's far more authentic, far more genuine. And it's also kind of showing me where my influences truly are. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed, you know, my parents had a record collection when I was growing up. Although I will say that it wasn't the record collection most kids would dream of, so um, I, I had limited options. But the uh, the golden nuggets that were there were the Beach Boys, and I fell madly in love with the Beach Boys growing up as a kid. Um, the harmonies, just you know, and the melodies, something that was pop um, but still artistic. Mm-hmm. And and then the same thing with Simon and Garfunkel and Paul Simon. And that was kind of that was what I grew up on. Then I went through a period of REM obsession when I was in uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. Remember the uh, the BMG Columbia House one right, cent right. ten Ex- CDs? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Much to my parents' chagrin, I did that, and I used it to get every single REM. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, from there I became obsessed with U two. From there, I became obsessed with Vertical Horizon <laughs> of, all, of all bands. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then I became obsessed with John Mayer. So I think all that stuff is, you can see it in the mm-hmm. music. Right. Um, you know, probably one of the, the artists I most idolize who I'd love to write music like would be Tom Petty. Mm. I think there's a, he, there's a pop sensibility, but there's without sacrificing artistic integrity uh-huh. and just doing something that is so simple, but so powerful. I think that's the hardest part is, is making something, making art that is simple enough that, are, that it resonates to a broad audience and it still has that artistic integrity. Right. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding? or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical. If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. 
You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Well, and you mentioned too before that that you were writing kind of darker music when you're kind of going through a darker time. But when I was actually listening to your current uh, music, uh, it really sounds hopeful to me. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. the, the lyrics are kind of really hopeful. Uh, describe also your sound. Like, what do you kind of consider your music to be? Yeah. So I'm really glad you, you mentioned that hopeful part because even though, you know, lyrically the songs are all born out of kind of pain and heartache, it's, I've gotten, I got through the whole thing because of hope. Mm-hmm. Hope is the, 
is what keeps me going. And so I want that to come through in the music. And I would say the, probably some of the signature um, sonic qualities to my music are, for one, my guitar playing style. So I, I play the guitar a bit different than most. I play upside down and backwards. All right. <laughs> so technically a mirror image of Jimi Hendrix. Uh-huh. Um, and but it's, it's fun. I've learned that people like Paul McCartney plays that way, and Albert mm-hmm. King played that way, mm-hmm. and um, Doyle Bramhall, who plays guitar with Eric Clapton, plays that way. And basically, it's I, I, my parents didn't know how to play guitar, so when I was a mm-hmm. kid, they bought me a right right handed guitar, but I'm left handed. Right. <laughs> so I just took the right handed guitar and flipped it over. <laughs> so the strings are all inverted, and and that creates when strumming and picking, it creates a different pattern. So just by virtue of how I play, it sounds different, and then. I have this kind of uh, hollow body guitar with a single pickup in the middle, which is kind of a, a nice blend of tones. And and I run that through a what, if you look at it, is a very intense pedal board, but every, every pedal has its own purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's a very kind of, it's a thick sound with a slight kind of tremolo, because to me it feels like, you know, that's kind of like our, the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But it's subtle enough that you don't so much hear it as you do feel it. Mm-hmm. And and reverb and, and delay. So those are kind of the hallmarks of, of my particular sound. And I play this electric guitar more like an acoustic. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of finger-picking um, backwards and upside down, which has its own kind of strange sound. And then um, through that kind of, through that chain, and it creates a, a very particular type of guitar style. And then vocally, you know, I, I, no one would say that I have a country voice, but I was raised in the South, even mm-hmm. though my parents are from the North. Mm-hmm. And so there's a hint of Southern twang in my voice that comes through. Mm-hmm. And I also have, um, I love harmonies, Harkening back to you know those early yeah. influences, but on on the record uh, the harmonies are all done by females. Mm. So it's a lead male vocal with female mm. harmonies, and you don't hear that in a lot of genres. You mm. hear it in country, you hear it in in R and B and soul, but not a lot elsewhere. Sure, sure. Well, t- well, tell us about the new single that's coming out uh, in June as well that you've been working on. So it's the first Happy Tin Man song. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ironically it's hypothetical (laughs) Uh, it's called can you feel my love and it's a it's an upbeat kind of um you know slightly dancier but it still has the same guitar tone still has the same harmony all the signature qualities are there it's just you know it has a bit more um of that four on the floor get your foot tapping kind of beat to it Uh and the song is I wrote it because I've lived in Atlanta almost my entire life and I've threatened to move countless times, whether it's to Nashville or New York mm-hmm. or LA. And, right. um, and so the, you know, at the time I wrote it, which is about a year ago now, um, I wrote it with, uh, my dear friend, Vanessa Oliveras, who also did all the backing uh, vocals on my EP. Mm. And, and I had this idea for the chorus and I, I liked this just simple, can you feel my love mm-hmm. line? And when I was playing around with verse ideas, it was really all about being tired of being in the city that I was in. Mm-hmm. And what I was thinking about was what would make Atlanta feel new again? What would excite me to be here longer? Mm-hmm. And it was, well, I mean, if I, if I met the woman of my dreams, that would totally change the way I looked at my situation. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, so it was written kind of in a, in a hope, again, a hopeful place of, of meeting that person that changes your perspective on, on your current situation. And then, you know, kind of making sure that they, they know the impact they've had on you. Right. Is this uh, single going to be a part of a full length album later on? It's a great question. Um, that's kind of TBD right now. Mm-hmm. I don't, it is, it's, it's, it's one of those things that my sound has so many different elements to it. Like some people say it sounds country. Other people say it sounds rock. Other people say it sounds singer songwriter. Other mm-hmm. people say things sounds Americana. Other people say it sounds pop. And, um, and I think the future of the sound is a little up in the air right now because I've got a, I've got a backlog of 15 to 20 songs that I'm excited to put out there. Mm-hmm. But they, they span the spectrum of you know quintessential Americana songwriter to four on the floor kind of you know top 40 dance. Right. Uh, um, you know. Maintain all the elements. So I want to use this as kind of like a, a little testing ground and see how people react to it, mm. and and to help me figure out where I want to go next. So it might, but uh, it might not. Well, uh, that's kind of TBD. Right. So and do you have do you have some summer tour dates coming up as well too? I've got a couple summer shows planned. Um, kind of hitting some of the key markets: Atlanta, New York, Nashville. Um, my manager right now is, you know, talking to some other folks, trying to, to get me on a couple bills as direct support. So we'll see, we'll see where that falls hmm. and how that, how that, uh, unfolds. And then also in, uh, in the kind of early stages of planning out a UK and Ireland tour, uh, for later this fall, which I'm excited about. That's cool. Yeah. That, that would be great too. So it sort of seems that even though you've kind of broken past, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a, uh, a a lawyer, and all that—that that the the Tin Man, if you will, is still on a uh, still on a journey. Where do you see that journey kind of going? Absolutely. So, I when I first kind of came back from from Spain with that new perspective, and and when I made the commitment that now is the time, and I'm music is going to be the priority. Music is going to be the 90 percent of my time. And, and knowing that it was going to take a long time for that to grow into a sustainable livelihood. So I, I kind of spent some time reverse engineering bands that had a modicum of success that I wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. So people who are selling out, you know, 500 to 600 person venues who maybe had a song or two licensed in television shows or commercials mm-hmm. who, um, you know, had solid followings on Spotify and social media. And I kind of looked at them and I, and I just backtracked like, well, how many records do you have out? When did you release your first one? And any kind of news articles I could find kind of describing the early days. And, and what I realized is in the music world to get to that point, which I would consider to be successful, even though most people probably wouldn't have heard of that band yet. Um, at best takes five years. That's the shortest. And is typically more of an eight to 10 year kind of path. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I created kind of an arc of what it might look like realistically in five years to get to a point like that. And I'm kind of at the three-year mark right now. So some things are starting to happen, like Spotify picked up uh, two of the tracks off my EP onto Discover Weekly about two months ago, um, which has been you know dramatically growing my listener base on Spotify, which is super exciting, hopefully setting the stage for Can You Feel My Love. And social media, and so I'm starting to see a, a pickup. And if a couple other things happen, then I think it can continue on that trajectory. So, 
my goal is is by the end of that five years to be to be in that 500 to 600 person club oh. kind of tour with you know with, with a couple licenses under my belt maybe even a couple festivals you know i'd love to to, to hit the festival circuit right. um so so that's you know that's my hope for 2019 and then i also have a, a very interesting um play in the kind of television space so it's a series that um that actually focuses on four singer-songwriters, myself being one of them. It's Ooh. a scripted series, Ooh. so it's it's going to feel more like a like your typical television show where you fall in love with the characters and the story, and and you think it's all fake, but then you realize, wait, these people are actually kind of they're using the real names and they're using Ooh. the real music and right. they're um, playing hyperbolized versions of themselves, you know. But yeah. uh, so it's like this weird blend of fiction and reality, and there's uh, some traction that's coming around that. So if something like that um, gets released and gets uh, pushed out to a broader audience, it it might it might help expedite that path a little bit. Sure, sure. Well, right now, where can people find your current music and then your new single that's coming out? And this new single is coming out June second, right? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. June second is the uh, release date. And where can people find your music then? So you can find it everywhere. So what I always tell, I always ask people. I'm also curious to know what do you listen to? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Whatever you listen to, um, the key is to search for the Tin Man. Three words, and you have to use the. Otherwise, um, it tends to go to a German DJ. So, so the Tin Man, or they can go to thetinmanmusic.com, and I aggregate everything there and, and can send people wherever they are comfortable. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.